0: gut a deer with a dull knife we all know how much that sucks so um take a look at the razor pro saw combo kit and uh, head on over to outdooredge.com and enter the discount code nation30 that's nation30 for 30% savings on your purchase mm-hmm. Good afternoon good morning good evening where where and whenever you're listening to this welcome back to the hunting gear podcast i'm your host dan johnson and today we are continuing our hunting gear brand conversation with todd snader of the uh, pure archery group and today specifically we're going to be talking about sites and even more specific we're going to be talking about black gold and uh, all the the lineup of sites that they offer we talk about material we talk about the importance of the design the construction uh, adjustability different functionality you know what sites they may recommend for the western guy versus the eastern guy uh, and maybe a combination of of both we just kind of get into the weeds about sites and even uh, a lot of this stuff is actually learning for me right i'm i'm learning just like you guys are learning. Like, I don't know anything about some of this stuff. And and Todd does a really good job of breaking it down and explaining the importance of some of the stuff that I'm uh, green green with or ignorant about. So uh, just a really good episode when it comes to sites. And just uh, not only about black gold, but a general conversation as well that I think you guys are going to enjoy. Before we get into the episode, though, we're going to do a real quick commercial. Uh, Head over to TheAverageConservationist.com and check out their full lineup of apparel. Let's see. Today, I'm wearing the camo Average Conservationist hoodie. And I'm wearing the brown, I guess it's like a brownish dark green average conservationist logo um he sent me a whole bunch of this stuff it's really comfortable it's the it's the actual comfort comfortable t-shirts and the reason i like these t-shirts is because they're tight in the good spots or you know i shouldn't say tight but uh more fitting in the tight spots like the shoulder and upper chest. And they're uh, a little bit looser in the love handle area, if you know what I mean. So they make me look good. And that's a that's a win if you ask me. I, my wife's like, oh, hey, have you lost weight? I'm just like, nope. I'm just wearing a really good fitting t-shirt. So uh, theaverageconservationist.com. Check out their hats, t-shirts, hoodies. Really awesome logo, uh, lifestyle brand. Uh, go check them out. Also, these guys put up 10% of their own revenue donated to uh, conservation organizations. And they're a 2% for certified company. So they're going beyond the 1% and they're giving 10% right off the top. Uh, They're donating it to uh, conservation organizations. And that's something that I think a lot of companies within the hunting space need to be doing so uh, check out the average take a look at their apparel buy some and use the discount code I got one right here for you the discount code NFC10 and you're going to save 10% off of your purchase your purchase at the average all right we've done the intro we've done the commercial let's get into today's episode with Todd Snader of Black Gold. All right, on the phone with me once again, Mr. Todd Snader. Todd, how are we doing, man? I am doing great. Doing great. How about you? Oh. Heads above dirt. That's a good day right there, right? It's, it's always that's
1: always a good day. We've got some hunting seasons approaching again. Oh, I'm yeah. I'm ready. <laughs> right. Hey, does Oregon have turkeys? We do. We do. Uh we have uh opens on uh, April 15th. We actually have uh it's one of our one of our more uh more abundant game i mean there's people asking hunters to come hunt properties one of our accounting ladies upstairs is always telling me every year make sure i get out there and and do some hunting so it's uh it's uh pretty abundant here which is uh, it's good
0: for for turkey hunters yeah is that merriam's that are out there yep okay yep. cool yeah i've never uh i've seen them when i've been mule deer hunting but i've never actually hunted a species other than um uh other than eastern so it is definitely a bucket list to try to get the grand slam at some point it's
1: pretty widespread because we're we're west side more in the valley here not quite coastals but you'll find them all the way you know here in the valley all the way west there's some uh, property where i go do my elk and and mule hunt muley hunting out on the east side i'm sorry on the east side of the state um and just as abundant there too so it's uh pretty much anywhere you go here in oregon you have the opportunities
0: to go turkey hunting right so are you a shed guy at all i know uh, there's a big you know i think shed hunting has grown in popularity throughout the years do you get out and look for antlers at all you know, I, I, I don't, I mean, I do,
1: you know, when time allows, but I'm not, uh, I would absolutely love to be the avid shed hunter. Um, it's, it's, uh, I just don't get out and have the opportunity to do it. And I watch people on social media. I'm like, gosh, I got to get out there and do it. I just, I don't. And that's all on yeah. me too. Yeah. you know, but, uh, I, I absolutely, uh, you know, when, when I have the opportunity I do, but, uh, unfortunately not as much as I would like
0: yeah I tell you what I don't know what it is but I'm I think you know how you boil it down it's like okay I'm a hunter right but I mm-hmm. also <laughs> I also like to gather things too like yeah. I like to look yep. for shed antlers and one of my uh, like favorite things to do and I think a lot of it has to do um, with the ability to eat what I find and that is look for morel mushrooms in the uh, in the spring mm-hmm. as well mm-hmm. and correct me if I'm wrong you guys have them out there as well we do we have mushroom hunting and that's just that's a whole
1: nother subject out here there I mean there are mushroom hunters galore and there's uh crimes committed over mushroom I mean just people <laughs> stealing mushroom from each other here it's it's crazy it is crazy out here but yes there is you know it's a the opportunity same thing as just as you said you know while wild shed hunting and specific seasons for yeah. for mushroom hunting out here but like I said it's Anywhere you go, I mean, you travel, there's people, there's mushroom hunting camps set up here specifically for that. Holy cow. And you, you got to watch your, your, uh, you got to watch your harvest. It's yeah. a, like I said,
0: there's some crimes committed over yeah. that. It's though. almost like uh, yeah. rival gangs. If you cross over uh, this exactly. invisible line, spot, <laughs> spot on. Yes. Yes. Yeah, I, I think one of my favorite uh, things to do is, you know, obviously if the temperature plays out and the mushrooms are growing at the same time that the turkey hunting is in is is you know hunting in the morning and then as the turkey mm-hmm. stop calling throughout the day or stop responding then you go look for mushrooms and then hopefully you can get one and if you don't get one then you go fishing and you try to get one and then you have the feast right you have some fish you have some turkey you have some mushrooms yep. all fresh yep. oh man i love that it is awesome and that's a good opportunity because we open here in uh,
1: in april for like i said for turkey so you know, we're coming out of the wet season a little bit. So you get into that more of the prime mushroom season as well, too, um, as, you know, they
0: start, you know, based on all that moisture, our winter, you start right. getting that growing as well. Yeah. Right. Well, let's get into today's topic. Um, this is the Hunting Gear podcast. And today we're going to be talking about another brand uh, that you that you guys run, and that is Black Gold Premium Bow Sites. Mm-hmm. And uh, I want to kick it off with kind of a a comment slash question to to you and that is when it comes to firearms right Mm -hmm. Uh, and let's say you're talking about a budget I I hear people say and I've heard it uh, said not only on the firearm side but also on the archery side and that is save put your money in a good site you know if you have x amount of dollars right and make sure you know if you're going to spend your money and you know get the the best of something put it into either put it into your sights. and what would you have to say about that
1: yeah that is correct I mean I'm i under the same way of thinking I do the same thing in on on my rifle side on my optics it's you know optics are don't skimp on optics because that's When you're hunting, you know, it's accuracy. We're all about accuracy as a hunter. And if your sight fails on you, if your pins aren't reliable, if, I mean, you see even on some low-end sights, the pins position vary. So left, right, um, just the quality there, break. It's, to your point, you know, that's something you definitely don't want to skimp on. Yeah, unless you're going to if if you're going to skimp on it, then you end up needing an extra one. Right. And we know when you end up purchasing extra backup sites because you're skimping on the quality of a site and you're spending just as much as you would on a on a quality high end site. Same thing on an optic. You know, it's going to break. I've had I've tried it with optics on on rifles and, you know, the, it is exactly what happens. You know, every shot it moves. It's just it doesn't withstand. Um, the rigors we needed to retain the same thing with the sights, And that's why with, you know, with black gold, why we focus that direction from, you know, the mid price point up, but adding the, the quality and the features at that price point. So it doesn't let you
0: down in the field. Yeah. And I feel like for me, when I'm dragging my bow through the landscape mm-hmm. of wherever I'm hunting, my, my sight is what gets caught up in the weeds in the trees in the fences mm-hmm. it's the thing that gets dug into the dirt while I'm trying to climb a hill or whatever and, mm-hmm. and like I've said in previous episodes I really do beat the crap out of my equipment so I need it to to perform and stay where I have it set right so yep. uh, when when I say that my question to you then becomes especially towards a site or really any type of accessory but you know we're talking about sites here today what what keeps something in place and keeps it from when it is jolted and beat up and smashed that it stays in a certain place and it performs at the top level after it's been beat up and smashed yeah a
1: lot of it is it really comes down in the materials um i mean you'll see that in in lower end sites being made of, of plastic and dependent on the type of plastic how soft it is um, or even going on the far end of it if it's a harder plastic being more brittle so those are more apt to to move on you so that's why you know we focus on on things primarily in in aluminum so in, in especially in all the major structural components and you'll see that in in and really you know kudos to a lot of the other high end sites that that do that as well they're starting to see that you know the material there as well but from day 1 that's what we've focused on is producing the structural integrity out of out of aluminum to help reduce that weight but in that way when you're clamping it down when you're making your adjustments um, it's not biting into the material, but being aluminum, you get that solid bond. You know, now granted, you know, you, when you still look at things like you know site housings, there are certain components that you can go a different type of material material on. Um, but your critical pieces in your inner your structure, you want it to be aluminum and steel pins. You can't skip on pins. You know, back in the day, you know, when sites first came out, um I think we're all probably shot the old, um, not knocking on Cobra by any means, but I think back in the day, that's all there really was out there that Cobra pin, Cobra slider sight that had the movable brass pins when, yeah. uh, when it first came out and yep. those bent and broke. But at the time, that was, that was the first kind of getting into revolutionary style sights, um, getting away from, you know, as people, as a compound bow evolved, right. but, uh, that's where Mike Elig back in ninety one invented, uh, started building black gold sites in his garage, machining those himself out of aluminum, making steel pins, making brighter pins, just because he needed. And primarily Western. I mean, to your point, crawling through the hills, crawling through the mountains, crawling through the brush, it's got to be able to hold up and not move on you. Right. Um, you know, and, and you know, not not taking it away from from. Eastern bow hunters, you know, you're in the tree stand, a Western bow hunter has, you know, on foot, maybe have a little more bumps and bruises. Um, So that's where we take that, that need for a hunter to not have that stuff move and make those premium materials. Um, um, And like I said, it just comes down to just beefing up the structural integrity.
0: Why keeping it lightweight? Yeah. (laughs) Here's a funny story. I can remember uh, one of the first compound bows that I had. I had, uh, I can remember the brass pins on it or the, mm-hmm. like whatever those were and my 30 yard pin broke right mm-hmm. no excuse me it was my 20 yard pin broke because back then i had a 10 yard i had a 20 uh, a 10 a 15 a 20 and a 25 all and that's how i had them set up and i, I was relatively young and i remember breaking my 20 yard pin Right. And I, I didn't like, I couldn't figure out gap shooting at that point. So I said, so if a deer came by at 20 yards, I couldn't shoot it because I, I didn't know, like, I couldn't, I couldn't put a pin on it. So, and I couldn't right. afford a new site. Right. So, um, you know, I was young, you know, you know, I completely forgot. Why don't you slide the 25 up, you know, or take that off or whatever. Yeah. And it just, you know, whatever. But, um, so aluminum. Right. Is that is that Mm -hmm. the industry standard when it comes to sites these days? And you definitely
1: see that, you know, a lot of, you know, going there's a lot of sites going at starting to add carbon in areas too to help reduce the weight. But you'll still see those structural pieces clamp down points, the micro adjust points of sites still focusing on aluminum just because you need that, you know, need that strength but that was, I was kind of mentioning, into there's the ability now to start adding additional materials that aren't necessarily aluminum but play into that uh, the overall structure to help reduce the weight now carbon you know is one of the the lightest most durable product, materials out there um, and it really complements aluminum to make a premium site while keeping that durability
0: up there too yeah so you know when it comes to like I'm I'm a fan of keeping the same accessories on my bow from year to year to year. Like if I find something that I like, uh, unless it breaks, I switch, like I switch my bows a lot, but I don't switch my accessories. Right. Um, Mm -hmm. so is there a, a secret or, um, a learning curve shortcut, let's say to installing a site and getting it dialed in as I guess, accurate as possible. A lot of it is making sure, and I I think
1: people are are starting to see this more and more, but there's a lot of technical terms out there too. But um, most good sites out there, high-end sites, have access adjustments, and that plays a a very, very critical role in setting up a site. So um, as a tree stand hunter – and, and I've, you know, I've, you've seen a lot on, on forums now, on videos, on setting up your axis for downhill shooting. And it's the same thing, it, it, it holds true for a Western hunter. It's very important to, to set up axis correctly. Um, so your pins are in line with, now I'll back up a little bit. A lot of people will set up their, their axis on their site so their pins are aligned with their string, which is good. But people always have a natural cant to their bow, and you'll see a lot of, of uh, discussions out there of how to set up that axis. I personally I, – I, I set up – I'll start out with my uh, – setting up my, my bow, set up the axis to, to the string, um, and then as I'm shooting the bow, I start seeing that I need to adjust my – that axis a little bit to my natural cant of the bow. Um, but there's also the downhill axis, so at your, at your axis, the scope tilted away from you and towards you. And what that plays into is, uh, you know, yeah, it's great for shooting on level, you know, nice level ground. You can set up that axis, but you also have to be able to change as that bow rotates down, that level position forward and back changes. Now it, it, your bubble can be totally thrown off. Um, so you need to level that up and s- practice shooting downhill shots as well to make sure you have that that bubble set to your cant as well. Um, so there's a lot of pe- pieces there that people think they can just slap a sight on there, adjust their, you know, adjust their sights left and right, and be good to go. And then they wonder why when they're shooting uphill, they're shooting downhill, they're not getting that they're getting that left and right impact. Um, and then at that point, once that's locked down, obviously you want to recheck it every year to year, um,
0: Right.
1: all, all high end sites have that feature. If not, I mean, you definitely want to stay away from it, but that's a critical piece when you're, when you're getting to that level of bow hunting, you want that precision. Um, and again, check it, you always check it. But once you're setting and the same thing, as you said, you know, I'm comfortable, you know, I'll put a site on there. I'll play around with a few different models. You know, fortunately I have the ability to, to have a couple a little more readily available here but I'm you know I, I try one and then I'll I'll stick with it season to season um, until something comes out to where you know we all have a little bit have a site like man I, I wish that had that little thing changed there or had this added feature to it that's usually the next thing that'll make me switch if you know we come out with something based on feedback and says hey you know we want that same site but without the the dial on it Right. Then I'll, I'll likely switch if I'm not using the dial on the current site I have, I'll switch over to that. But um, like I said, for the most part, I stick with what
0: I like, what, you know, what's what works. Yeah. So let me I want to kind of get back into this uh, these other access um, adjustments, mm-hmm. because, you know, for me, I hunt out of a tree stand for the most part. Like like I'm a majority a whitetail hunter. My trip to Michigan, my trip to, you know, my my Iowa hunting is all. 20 feet shooting down right out west you know i could be shooting flatter or i could be shooting up and down so explain to me in a little bit more detail of why it's important to shoot uphill and downhill and make those adjustments when um when like me personally i just target my or sight my bow in flat where Mm -hmm. where's the where's the error there
1: well like i said if you shoot it in flat it's great because you can shoot that you know, take a, take a, a, you know, a regular, you know, builder's level that we all pretty much use every day, at least a little one or, or a long four foot level. And if you lay that flat, um, or you pick it up in the air, and you know, it's you you center the bubble yourself. But if you turn that, as you turn that level away from you, you could cant it left or right a little bit, and you're going to throw that off, and it might stick. Perfect, or you can even put it on a table. And I do I do it on a wall even so you could level up uh, on the side of a wall. And as you rotate it down, you'll see that it moves just because that site, you know, picture it as, you know, like your your site housing. That level is not it changes level at that point. You're basically taking your level and turning it on its opposite side. Now, you think about that. You get your left and right on on perfect flat ground. Your left and right. You are absolutely drilling bullseyes on the range left and right. But if you rotate that down and you're not adjusting that level front and back, you're turning it and it's not level anymore um, to the bow. So or level to the earth, basically, is what you want. To, what I should say. Now you have to adjust that bow. Now you're thinking, all right, my bubble's off. I'm going to adjust my bow, uh, the cant of my bow, to put that level back on. Now you're shooting left or right depending on where that bubble's at. So that's why that um that first second there's really three axes some bows only have first and third some have uh you know second and third axis but there's three axes there's the the twisting of the sight like we had we talked about there's the second axis where it's your what we traditionally uh level up on the ground where it's level to the plane of the sight and to the bow and then there's that third axis what we talked about where you want to twist that forward and back to um to adjust for uh, downhill shooting. So people don't think about that. Yeah, it levels great on the ground, but as you tilt that level down away from you, the, that le- that sight being canted away from the bow and you try to adjust for it when you're shooting is going to throw that shot off left and right. So it's very critical to check that out. Now, there's some simple ways to do that. Your archery shop has uh, special fixtures they can put your bow in that uh, it'll level up your they level up vertically and then what they do is the, the jig will rotate the bow down like to mimic a downhill shot or a shot of a tree stand. Then you can adjust your level that's that next axis to that uh, to to level up again and rotate it back up. If you don't have one of those, you can do it on a wall. And I always check the wall first. I take my my carpenter's level and make sure the wall is vertical. Put it up vertically on there. Make sure that wall is level and also do it horizontally. That way you're not making sure that it's uh, it angled out or anything like that. But you can do the same thing. I lay my bow up against the wall, level up that site, and then I just leave it flat on the wall. And I'll turn it downhill on the wall a little bit and uh, check that bubble. And it's really never failed me. But, again, if you have a wall that's off, then it won't work for you. But uh, just make sure uh, that's an easy way to do it at right. home if if, the, if those of you haven't done it before. So.
0: So does that then mean that, you know, because obviously in a hunting scenario, you could be Mm -hmm. shooting uphill, you could be shooting flat, you could be shooting downhill. So when you go to do those micro adjustments, uh, like what you just walked us through, does that mean you're going to be off if you shoot uphill? It's going to be the same because your, your, your angles are the same. Yeah.
1: So uphill, downhill, and I double check it. So, um, but if you're, if you're, Level vertically than your level as you tilt it downhill, it should be the same level uphill. Um, just because you're, you know, long oh, as your okay. wall or your jig is on the same plane, yeah, you're just basically rotating it in a flat circle. If you're able to draw a circle perfectly through the front and the back of your
0: bow, yeah, you're spinning it on that axis. So if it's level downhill, it's going to be level uphill as well. I got you. Okay, that makes sense. All right, yeah. so I want to talk a little bit now about like based off of sales or like what you guys are seeing or or maybe what direction the industry is going or, you know, whatever you have kind of information you have for us. Are people now leaning towards multiple pin sites? Is the single pin more, uh, you know, more popular, or are are you seeing kind of a 50 50 split?
1: I would say it's, it's, um, it's more towards multiple pin. I would say, 60 40 even towards 70 30 multiple pin versus vertical pin and it's really the market so admittedly we started out as and i mentioned earlier as a very very western centric site mike league was from montana um, pro- started producing sites for for local hunters for uh, but in generally we use out, out west you're going to use multiple pins because your spot and stock elk Mule deer on the ground generally produce, you see a shot that happens very quickly. Um, or if you're calling in an elk, you don't have the time to know the yardage right away. It presents itself really quick. You can't adjust the dial on your single pin sight quick enough. Now, I don't want to take, and I want to say everybody doesn't do that, but um, predominantly a Western hunter is going to use a multiple pin sight. Whereas as you get to the Eastern market, you, you'll you see an increase of, of whitetail hunters' Start using, um, or you know, a tree stand hunter. Start using a uh, um, a single pin sight because generally, when you you're in your stand, you're doing your range, and you have your your waypoints kind of marked off in your radius around your stand. You know those shot placements. So, if if a deer comes in, you say, okay, that tree right there is 32 yards, and you see he's coming, going to be near that tree. You can dial your sight. You have time to potentially make that shot at at that 32 yards. Um, and some people like that better field of view. Now, me personally, I really, really like a single pin sight. I mean, I'm from Ohio, so I always shot a single pin sight um, primarily, and I actually started out as a target archer before I got into hunting. So I was really, uh, I always had that single pin or that center drilled lens. And I really, really got accustomed to that being able to see so much more of the animal. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's so, But west, I do shoot a multi, multi-pin sight for my western setups, but I usually go down to even maybe a three-pin sight or a four-pin sight. Um, and then I use our um, our ascent verdict, uh, which has the, what we call the dial of death. So I'll set my – I'll have a, a 20, 30, 40, and a 50 pin, and I'll usually use my 40, and it, you can set it up as a dial. So I'll sight my 40-yard pin in and then – um, use the dial for longer distances if I happen to need it. So I do kind of have that ability to have a, a single floater pin, but have those other pins where I don't have to dial it
0: really quickly. So you're saying 20, 30, and 40 are fixed, and 40 yep. is the floater that can go beyond 40. Yep. Okay. Yep. And I'll set it up to where generally my, my 20
1: and my 30 are higher in my site housing. My 40 is going to be about the center of my housing, I got gotcha. you. Um, and then, you know, I'll, I'll set it for speed and I'll put the sight tape on there. And then my indicator is always at 40, but then I can dial it and I can even use that floater to 50 if I wanted, but I can dial it to 60 if I need that shot. If I think, Hey, I'm not going to, he's not going to come in any closer than 60. I can dial her up to 60 um, if you have that
0: opportunity. But generally in the shots for, I try to keep them, you know, 30, 40 yeah. or less. That's very, that's very interesting. I would assume if I had to guess who's using what kind of pins, I would assume, Mm -hmm. and this is just maybe me not knowing what I'm talking about, but throughout all the years, I wanted to shoot a single pin out west because i felt that deer or elk or whatever were going to be moving on their feet different mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know different uh all the time and i and i i, I can understand why you would want uh, uh multiple pins so you don't have to reach up and adjust okay now he's at 20 adjust mm-hmm. now he's at 40 adjust you know and and do that but i always assumed that out west was going to be the single pin and east uh coast was going to be like whitetail tree stand hunters we're going to have everything Mm -hmm. fixed so yeah it just tells you what i know And it's
1: a little different it it takes a lot of gap practice we talked about that a little bit you know before i think we came on here is is learning your gaps yeah it takes a lot of practice to shoot Um, if you're running a single pin out west you've really really got to know your gaps Um, and that's why you know i i feel and what i've seen is multi-pins give you the ability to to see your gaps that much quicker. Uh, So, you know, Hey, you you know, you're confident 20, 30, 40, 50, where you're kind of guessing, Hey, I'm dialed. I got my pin set at 30 and I, you know, Hey, here's about my hold point for 20. Here's about my hold point for 40 where you, you remove that about a little bit in the multi pins, Western style hunting.
0: So anyhow, yeah, yeah, that makes sense. All right. So, um, I guess let's talk, let's talk about what makes black gold sites, Good. All right. You know, we, we've talked a little bit about the aluminum material, but what about the design, the engineering, the construction makes them uh, a consideration for people to put on their bow?
1: Yeah. And a lot of it is, is, is the, not just the durability is, is the simplicity of the, of use. It can't be super complicated um, to gesture your pins. It can not be super complicated to to You know, go from micro adjust or hard to hard to or difficult to use to make your adjustments, even if it's not a micro adjust uh, windage and elevation. Um, And a lot of it is is what you're seeing. Um, Sights need to be bright, but it needs to be able to adjust. So you see um, a lot of fiber optics out there that are so bright, you get that really, really bright halo effect. Um, to where no matter what kind of pin you have, you just can't see what you're aiming at because you have that super, super glow. Um, we've come out with a couple pins over the – or a pin over the last couple of years. It's called the Pro Pin, which is, a, is another steel pin, a super narrow throat. It still has that 0 019 fiber optic. Um, but coupled with what's called our photochromatic technology, there is a – simply put, a, a, a cover over where the fiber optics wind – and it adjusts to, to the ambient light. So inside, it doesn't darken up. So it'll gather as much light. Um, if you're shooting indoors or if you're shooting in darker conditions, it'll gather light for you, but it won't give you that halo effect. Now you get into a little brighter light. You get into sun situations where it's just really beaming down on your sight. You can't have those pins just like glowing like a neon sign. So that that photochromatic housing will actually darken up a little bit. And reduce the light that it's letting into those those fibers, so you still get the same brightness level as what you would have under a little darker condition. So it really evens out what you're seeing. Over over lighting pins can affect your left and your right as well because you get that little halo effect, and you yeah. don't know where the actual center pin is. So a lot of features there that really make a difference is the material, is the pin construction, but it's just that's what we say with with black gold is uh, um, brighter, tougher. Because that's what you know, that's the biggest thing you got to see what you're aiming at, yeah. Um, so it, and then it comes to what we exactly would we talk about is just the materials we we eliminate, uh, you know, plastic. You see, even in majority of our housings at, at the
0: higher price point are aluminum, uh, to protect the pins, so we don't skimp there as well, yeah. And I, you brought up a good point, and I kind of just realized it this year where. I feel like I was shooting different when it was really bright outside compared to an overcast day compared to like an evening shoot or compared to like a midday when I'm shooting Mm -hmm. and the, the, the glow on a bigger, on a, on a bigger pin. And uh, so I dropped down my pin size this year and felt that I was shooting better with a smaller pin, um, almost to the point where, you know, obviously In really low light conditions, it's, you know, pin brightness may be a factor, but almost to the Mm -hmm. point where I, I I don't even know, maybe this is a, this is more of a personal question. Do you ever get requests for non lit pins? Uh, not really. Okay. Um, cause most situations you know, and at that point, if you go to
1: a non, I mean, our pins aren't, you're talking about non, I assume non-fiber optic. Right, right. Um, yeah, you know, I haven't really heard it. I, I don't, you know, that's something I don't think our developments has really heard just because there's the ability for us now to be able to darken it up a little right, bit. Right. Um, I think that's what sets it apart. You know, once people see that, Hey, it's not overbearing with that photochromatic, you know, it's not something we would know. We normally would get the, it's just more of the 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 pin itself, the shaft of the pin not being super thick, right? Um, and that's why we came out with that pro pin, just because you can see more of the animal at that point and less pin. Yeah. Um, and then you still have that O19 uh, pin, you know, the fiber optic, at the end for your aiming point. But you know, to your point, when it's glowing, you can't. It's sometimes it's difficult, especially the speeds of bows these days. A lot of times, your twenty and your thirty yard pin can be right on top of each oh, yeah. other. And if you get that bright halo effect, you don't know which aiming point
0: you're using at that point. Right. Right. All right. So I think in one of our previous conversations when we were setting up these podcasts, you mentioned that black and gold had two new sites come out this year, right? Mm -hmm. All right. We do. Yeah. Let's talk about those.
1: Sure. We have uh, last year we introduced what's called what we called the um, pro, uh, pro site which I was talking, just mentioned our new pro pin, and that was based on feedback, um, of exactly what I just said. Consumers wanted a pin that had uh, was less uh, obtrusive in, in the site housing, but still super, super durable. So last year we came out with what we called the pro site. Um, it has that extra dial that I talked about a little bit, so you can set up that uh, that second floater or like a 40-yard pin if you want the, a floater, Um which is kind of Western centric a little bit, but over this last year, people really, really loved that Pro pin, but didn't necessarily need that ability to have that extra dial, or didn't didn't necessarily want of. Now there was people that lo- absolutely wanted it, and absolutely people felt they they liked the feature, but they said I di- I just don't use it, but I want something, the same type of sight, that's a little bit lighter. So this year we came out with what's called the Pro FX. Um, which basically takes that pro site, removes that dial of what we call the dial of death, that mover second mover site, uh, but still gives you all those additional features of that uh, pro pin. So you can micro adjust the pins individually. It has micro adjust on the vertical gang adjustment, so you can move the whole housing together, and the windage adjustment um, is all micro adjust. Okay. Um. And it it lightens up the the sight overall for those that, you know more of a tree stand hunter that
0: doesn't need that dial of death. Gotcha. Now um, one one second before we get into the next one here. Sure. Are sure. all black gold pins? Um, are they all independent? When what I mean by that is, if I want to adjust my thirty and forty, I have to adjust each pin individually as opposed to I know there's some kind of technology out there that allows you to shoot 20 shoot 30. And when you're sighting in your 30, it automatically adjusts your, you know, your 40 50 60.
1: No, you will have to adjust those okay.
0: in, individually. Um, some of them are um, what we call
1: toolless, so you can, uh, well, not necessarily toolless, but you can, you unlock the pins, and technically you can move the pins together. So, like on the pro, the the pro site and the pro FX, um, all the pins have individual micro adjust, but you can actually unlock, let's say your twenty and your forty, and engage the micro adjust and move your twenty and your forty together. It's not going to adjust the the gap and compensate for speed or drop. But it can move those pins together. So technically, yes. But in in the sense of what you're asking, it's it's not necessarily the same thing. Gotcha.
0: Okay. All right. So then, what was the next uh, new site yep. on the market this year? Uh, Pro Hunter HD.
1: So um, that one, our one across the board, are over the last several years, our most popular line has been the Ascent series, um, which is. Came out predominantly as as a Western style sight. It had uh, that dial of death, so you can set up the floater pin. It had micro adjust originally, had micro adjust pins, the original black gold pin. Um, so the Pro Hunter HD, again, based on feedback over the last year, consumers wanted the virtues of the Ascent, little little more simplified. Didn't necessarily want the individually micro adjust pins. But still wanted the the ability to have that clarity with the pro pin, so that's what the Pro Hunter HD is. It still has that dial of death. You can it's a, a multi pin sight, so you can get that in a a three or five pin version. Um, but it has that pro pin. But it's not, the pins themselves are not micro adjust. But so you still get that. A narrower throat, that better uh, that better uh, finite uh, aiming point with the O19 pin without the micro adjust. So it does reduce a little bit of weight. It, it uh, it's not the super high end cost, but it still has this, just that down and dirty durability where it's not going to move on there. But a lot of the a lot of the features of the high end sights as well.
0: Yeah. So let me uh, let me ask you a question about how do um, I, I'm jumping I'm jumping ahead here. Uh, So, so this, uh, this, uh, pro hunter HD is kind Mm -hmm. of the cream of the crop when it comes to, let's say someone like myself who Mm -hmm. like I hunt both West and East. So I can have that fixed blade or I can have that fixed pin uh, set up for 20 and 30 and then float from 40 on. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's a good, a good example of what I was saying, especially in the HD. So it has a thr-
1: the ability to have a three pin. So you have a couple extra kind of like what I was talking about. I like, I like running a three or a four yeah, um, and still have that floater pin. And then I have the ability being, you know, being able to travel east and go on hunts and things like that. I have something I can hunt west with. And to exactly what you said, it's perfectly at home. Eastern hunting out of a blind, out of a tree stand where I don't need all of those extra pins necessarily. Yeah.
0: Okay. All right. So now I want to ask this question that when I, when I used to set uh, my bow up, right, I'd get a new sight and I'd attach it to my, uh, bow and, uh, you know, to the riser and mm-hmm. I'm looking at one of the, um, uh, one of the places where you screw it into the riser and there's four holes. Mm-hmm. How do you know? Which hole to use? You know, the furthest towards the 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 pins, or the furthest mm-hmm. back away from the pins. How do you know which hole to use, and what's going to be best for you when you uh, attach um, that to your bow? I play around
1: with, and a lot of it is so you can adjust your your housing to the size of your peep, and that kind of plays back to what you had mentioned a few moments ago about the differences in impact point and what you can see between inside and outside in different times of daylight. So people will play around with their peep size and you'll see a lot of the same thing there is, is people will shoot a three sixteenths or a quarter inside and the housing fits perfectly. Then you go outside and you got a bunch of daylight around your housing. Um, But you still like the ability, let's say a, a, A three sixteenths peep, you don't want to go down to an eighth. You still like the size of a three sixteenths peep. That those multiple positions in a site, you can move that site forward and back a little bit to adjust that what you're seeing as far as the size of the housing and the peep. So if you need to be able to see the ring a little bit more, you can move that site away from you. But if you got a lot of daylight out there and you're getting variances in your shot placement because it's a little more difficult to center up that circle. Um, you can you can move it a little bit closer to your far away. The, the human eye naturally wants to take concentric things um, and make them to put them together. I do a lot of coaching um, in some leagues and things like that and I explain to people how they need to be seeing their sight and their peep. And the human eye wants to automatical, automatically bring circles together when you're when you're uh, looking at things. So be, having the ability to get that get that housing the same diameter as your peep. Is is more beneficial to accuracy because now your eye can align those much much easier. Another thing it does too, and people don't know this, and they may know this, may not know this. It uh, moving your your sight away from your from your eye or from your peep or towards your your peep actually can have an impact on your pin gaps. Um, just because everything's kind of a triangle. So basically from your peep to your pin, to your impact point, you're changing that triangle. I know I'm getting super technical here, but so that's one thing that people need to consider as you move that forward and back, it is going to change your pin gap. Um, kind of like, and also it helps accuracy. So it's kind of like rifle shooters, longer, Longer distances between your open sights are always, always more accurate, especially if you're, you know, you're an AR shooter, things like that. You'll see three-gun shooters run a little longer distance from your 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 rear aperture to your front blade just because it's a little more accurate. You're able to line it to where closer together moves around a little bit more. So yeah. there's a lot of cool things that come from the – considerations that gun hunter side, you know, rifle shooting into the archery side as well.
0: People kind of click. I'm like, okay, that makes sense. Yeah. So what you're telling me is the, if you want a little, if you want more gap in between your pins, Mm -hmm. bring the whole site closer to you. Well, if you want, if you want gap or yes, yes.
1: If you want to open up, bring, uh, bring your, uh, bring closer, no further. I'm sorry. Further away gap so if you go away you're gonna you're going to um open up your gap bring it closer to reduce your gap
0: okay okay all right yep. all right yeah that makes sense then um and that and what you're saying is you're not focusing on that second pin right and right okay all right so bring it further away okay cool yep
1: you'll see a lot of short draw length shooters especially on the target side um that if if they lose distance, and I'm, and I'm going to use one of our pro, we have a pro shooter, Paige Pierce, and she shoot, we shoot in here, Redding, California. I'm going to bring over a little, you know, quanti- you know, bring over a little example from Target. So there's a 101 yard target in Redding, California. Those of you that don't shoot it, but those of you do shoot, know about this. So what she actually has to do is she'll have her normal sight distance set up to make that 101 yard shot. She has to move her sight in closer. And she has a special mark for that because it reduces that gap a little bit. So, okay, kind of compacts everything as you bring it closer. So,
0: gotcha. All right, that's very interesting. Um, a lot of information that I'm trying to soak up here today as well. And I'll I'll tell yeah. you what, man, <laughs> I I feel like for me, and I and maybe this is the case with everybody, right? We we don't think about the details, uh, all these minor things. Um, mm-hmm. You know, we've talked a. a a lot about details today, the little things that people can do to help create better accuracy. Let me ask you this. Is it necessary though? Accuracy is always
1: necessary. uh, We we owe owe it. I understand. (laughs) I I,
0: I asked the wrong question. That's my fault. No. Are we overthinking it? Like, because yes i can go put a i can go put it on the bow i can shoot really well but in like all these different scenarios you know like really fine tuning i mean are we overthinking it uh, not
1: necessarily. I okay. mean, you you can get by with a certain amount of accuracy, but as people practice and you know, you get to a certain point, it's there's only you know, you have the ability to you know, equipment and improve it. I mean, if a site doesn't have that adjustment, if you're running into issues, hey, my group size is X amount. You no, know, there's certain features in a site. While you know, you need to keep it simplistic and not overcomplicate it. To your point, um, with messing with those axes a little bit as you become a you know better bow hunter and start you know, understanding how these things work, then you start seeing your group sizes and forgiveness at that point um, improve. You know, if you're going from a pie plate to three inches just by, hey, I'm, I'm, you know, I am I'm, just learned about how to adjust this axis, you know, then then you're seeing a big difference there. Smaller groups mean better forgiveness at that point. So if you shoot in a pie plate and you make a bad shot, you're generally going to have a gut shot, right? Yeah. So if, you, if you're shooting three inch, two inch, smacking arrows then you make a bad shot you're well within the kill zone at
0: that point If that makes sense yeah it does all right so i want to talk about you know um what you suggest right uh you have a variety of of options for a variety of different Mm -hmm. styles Mm -hmm. and 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 likes from you know different varieties of hunters uh let's just start off with the east coast typically a blind or a um a tree stand guy what site would you recommend at this point
1: Man, there's so many good ones there too. I mean, if it's something, if you're looking at at stepping up at this point from you know maybe a, a lower end site, um, something that's you know plastic type sites, and you don't want to spend a you know a super ton of money there, um, you've got that Rush site, which is right at that right at that little over hundred dollar price point, but it has some features. Uh, you can get it in multi pin. Um, you can also get it, uh, it's actually a three, a five or a, whoops, sorry, just hit my mic, three, five or seven, uh, um, pin configuration. So you can get a multiple pin options there too. So if you're an East coast hunter, um, and also if you go West coast hunters, so and then you're not sinking a, a ton of money, but now it doesn't have all the bells and whistles. It doesn't have the micro adjust of some of the higher end. It doesn't have the dials on it. Um, But as you want to get a little more field of view, you know, and again, you get into a lot of of personal preferences. There's the Widowmaker, which you start adding micro adjust. You add a bigger field of view in it. If somebody wants a a larger housing, you can get into something like that. Um, Step up in price a little bit as you add features, micro adjust. Um, And then at that point, and you get into the super high end, um, I shouldn't say not necessarily price point, but feature end. Um, you get into the sites like the ascent, uh, verdict, you get into, um, the, uh, the new, uh, the assault where you add a couple of different features. You have the ascent verdict with, you know, micro adjust pins, different pin configurations, you can get into the single pin. So there's a lot of different options there. And the nice thing is if you want those extra features like that dial and you want it in a one pin, or if you want it in a multi pin, a lot of times you can get into a specific site that you, and, and have that feature, um, Different mount configurations. Some people need a quick disconnect, so you, most of them you can get in a in a direct X frame where it bolts to the site or a dovetail where you just mount the bracket on there. You can slide it out of the dovetail. If you travel a lot, you don't want to keep it on in the case, and you slide it back in and set it to where you had it, so... Um, but I would take a look if you're, if you're looking at upgrading coming out of that mid to low price point site and you don't want to sink $200 in the site, check out the Rush and the Widowmaker. Those are awesome, awesome sites. Um, I shot a Rush before we even were affiliated with Black Gold um, back in the day. I, I shot a Rush site as I upgraded um, actually well before I started working for BoTech. Um then I upgraded as I got a little more extreme in my hunting, needed something a little more features up into the Widowmaker. And now I'm shooting the actually I'm shooting the, the Pro FX now. So
0: Oh nice. All right. So now what about the Western Guy? Uh Western Guy, there's a lot of good feet, a lot of, you know, I
1: I would say any of the sites in there work great for Western just because for from the inception of the company and to show really the last couple of years, we were a very, very Western focused company. Um, over the last couple of years, we're, we're really putting a lot of the, the focus as well into the Eastern market because people are starting to see, um, the quality of the site, the features in the site in, in uh, whitetail hunting applications. So I would say, you know, personally, any site in the line is more of a Western, you know, is, is Western applicable just because of the multi pin, the durability in it. Um, now, now with like the pro hunter HD, we're adding some of the features that whitetail hunters want that don't necessarily need the multiple pins or, or the mass gang windage in like the pro FX too. some.
0: Okay. Um, and then is there a, uh, I guess one that is like for, for a guy like me, like I don't want to put, like I don't want to have two bows set up, you know, I don't want to have a whitetail bow and I don't mm-hmm. want to have mm-hmm. a Western bow. I want a setup that is going to be good for, put, put, you know, a 20 yard chip shot in the timber for a whitetail mm-hmm. and then a 60 yard longer shot for maybe an elk or something like that. Is there a, a sight that would benefit that style of hunting? Yeah, I mean, I, i I would, oh, I always steer
1: people at this point, especially with the new features into the pro. Ah, uh, Pro site or the Pro FX site, and this is really if you want that floater pin, that new Pro pin is so awesome just because of the 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 field of view in it with the reduction in the pin side. So if you want something that's just super adaptable and you don't want that floater pin, you know I would go Pro the the Pro FX from this year. Gotcha. Um, that like I said, that's why I set that up because you know our season comes in in August. I do do some hunts um, throughout the year when I am when able to travel around. And then that way I don't have to change out my sight. I, I, I set it up with the, with the pro FX this year and that's, that's what I'm going to go with because it just gives me the, I, I feel the most versatility just because of the range of hunting I'm able to do.
0: Gotcha. All right. And then the last question I really have for you today is there's a guy, he's staring at a wall full of sights. Why should he consider purchasing a black gold? Um, you know, I would, you know, honestly, m-
1: most uh, most dealers, good dealers out there, will let you play around with them, set them up up on bows. But I would just really take a hard look at the features and if they really make a difference, because if you look at. Uh, If you look a lot of competitors out there, they'll have little bells and whistles. Hey, this is green. This is blue. This is red or whatever. You know, I'm just using an example. Okay. Yeah. What does that mean to a hunter? It doesn't necessarily mean anything to a hunter, but you start looking at the way pins are affixed. Look at the the ability to micro adjust and how you micro adjust it. Um, Look at materials, even just in the pin, how the pins lock down. Do they use brass to lock down? Um, Because, you know, brass is soft. So really, really just get a good look at them and I, complex is not good. Look at simplicity out of the gate because it's gotta work for you, it's gotta be easy to use or you're just gonna, you're gonna get headaches. So that's what I would really
0: recommend. Awesome. Well, Todd, man, uh, once again, uh, hit a home run here with the information you've provided us today. Uh, really appreciate you taking time out of your day to uh, hop on and talk about Black Gold. If people want to find out more information about uh, Black Gold in the lineup of uh, both sites that these guys offer, where should we send them? Absolutely. Just get over to blackgoldsites.com.
1: Um, we have all the new products on there. We have the whole products on there. You can actually you know, get in your local dealer. We're actually uh, Dealers have them in stock, and it's been super popular for us this year across the board. We've had a great year. Um, get over our social media as well we we're on instagram we're on facebook we have a lot of cool things we do that on there as well bring in some, several guests just like you guys do um, a lot of good information there as well so yeah make sure you follow us on social because that's the best place to get instant information but you know get over to the over blackgoldsites.com
0: hey man appreciate your time and good luck on your uh, turkey hunting adventure in nebraska i'm excited i'm ready to go <laughs>